Hi, welcome to our second podcast. This is Emma and Eleanor from The Reconnected, co-founders of Reconnected Parenting and all the other awesome topics that we cover. Uh, This is going to be a podcast where we're going to talk about birth patterns and rebirthing. And it, it comes off the back of our first podcast that we launched recently, which was my birth story of my surprise twins. And thank you Mm -hmm. so much for all the beautiful feedback and resonance that we got. It was so uh, cool to share. And I feel really grateful for all the good energy that came our way. And this is just kind of like the perfect opportunity to talk about birth patterns and talk about rebirthing breathwork, which is the lineage that we are both trained in, but there are two different branches, I would say. Yeah, and and I I think one thing that's just so beautiful about um, sharing the twins' birth story is just how instinctively and intuitively um, we people you know we all resonate with births and with birth story and hearing um you know the joy when a child arrives well and the joy when a family um is immersed in love and I think we're all intuitively and um instinctively drawn to and want that experience for ourselves and for others And there's such an important reason why. And that is that birth, the way that we're born, the way that we give birth has a profound effect and a profound influence on our entire life and our relationship with life. Um, And in fact, these days, you know, where we're really... um, living in a time where a lot of people are very self-aware and have a lot of awareness around, um, you know, their, their patterns, their um, habits, their triggers, etc. But really the source of all of this, the source of our, the main impressions and conditions that we have conditioning that we receive about life comes from in utero and birth. Yeah, and this was a really scandalous topic around, like around the 60s, hey, 60s, 70s. There were a few renegade uh, gurus out there who brought the concept of rebirthing into the West. Uh, One in particular was Leonard Orr, and that is the founder of Rebirthing Breathwork, who... He's a really interesting character and a total cosmonaut, like a, you know, really intriguing Mm. guy. He had passed away actually in the last couple of years. But he was experimenting with the breath and experimenting with his own breathing patterns and he would get into the bath and he would do these long, slow, full breath in and out of his mouth and he'd be experimenting. And I don't know the particular, I can't remember the particular um, story, but I remember he had like a spontaneous rebirth in the bath and he had a memory of his birth Mm -hmm. and some experiences around it. And so they started to experiment him and other people where they were using this breath, where they were using a dynamic in and out of the nose breath style and they were experiencing aspects of their birth pattern because it was their intention they were like okay 
we've just had an experience where we can sense our birth. Let's go back and experience it again. And so that was happening. And it was, there was a few key people. There was a woman named Sandra uh, Ray, who is a real matriarch in that um lineage yeah yeah. and so they were really just like experimenting and remember they're coming right out of the 50s which was really such a repressed and intense era for women and many of the births were highly traumatic very desensitized they would often be used with forceps and the babies would be smacked on the bum and the mums never breastfed because it was encouraged to use things like carnation milk and um, you know not attach at all to the breast so a lot of people were experiencing these really cathartic breathwork sessions mm-hmm. where they were having this real cellular memory of their birth trauma. And if you read some of Sandra's books from that era, they were wild. So they were like fully grown women who would be um, using the intention to go back and experiencing their birth. And then they would be like busting out of the uh, spa that they were in and wanting to breastfeed with like the practitioners. Like it sounds like just like, the ramble of the 60s and 70s era, but like with this intention around healing their birth patterns. Mm. It's a really fun read if you ever want to read the rebirthing books from um, Sandra Ray. They're really. Which uh, book of hers is it? I, I think it's the particular rebirthing one uh, that she did with Leonard. I think yeah. it was like a, yeah. So it's, and just a couple of hers, any of them about rebirthing. It's just a the really. Ideal Birth is a beautiful book. Sandra Ray's Ideal Birth is a beautiful yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they're just really interesting to read because it was really, they were just really experimenting with this kind of out there concept that Mm. nobody wanted to talk about. Like you Mm. were just insane if you were talking about the fact that there was uh, an imprint at birth and Mm. in at the reconnected, we call that the old paradigm of parenting where kids were seen as tabula rasa. Is that how they say it? Similar. Yeah. And it's like that there was this perspective that kids um, literally didn't have a, didn't have an emotional experience or a physical experience that, you know, it kind of comes from this old, old school perspective of, um, you know, a newborn baby was, was simply almost like um a blank slate like nothing completely blank and also what's the word I'm trying to think of like um had to be built from the environment you know like didn't actually completely did not recognize the sensitive highly sensitive nature of uh, a newborn baby yeah. yeah. And so when I fell into studying rebirthing breathwork, I studied under the lineage of Leonard, who brought it to the West, who brought these kind of out there concepts and, you know, was a real pioneer and total rebel on the scene. And in his style, we have to, our intention is to heal and process our birth trauma. So that's kind of what we start with. And we have to move through at least 10 rebirthing sessions, which is like a full 90 minute breath cycle where our intention is to access parts of our birth that may be impacting our life. And The really interesting thing to me in reflection since my surprise twin birth story 
was that the man who I had as my client that I had to journey through this entire process with, he was a surprise twin and he went through all 10 sessions with this focus around how that had impacted him in life, being this surprise baby that came out because I think they didn't have scans when he was a baby, like they were quite rare. And so um, it was a real shock to the family. He had these experiences in the breathwork session where he remembered feeling that he wasn't seen inside the womb and he could track where in life that pattern had played out where he always felt like his brother was the more charismatic one, um, the one who was seen. He felt like this client of mine, when he would walk out um, into the street, he felt like people wouldn't notice him. Like there was just this real imprint around being hidden in, in utero. And so I found that so fascinating when I had Halo as this surprise twin, because I was like, wow, what a total, um, you know, I've come full circle around taking this person through this experience. And now I have it, my own experience and I'm so fascinated to see how, um, you know, that impacts my own surprise twin in his own birth pattern. And it's really fascinating just to witness that storyline. Um, but yeah, there's so many, it's so interesting in that style where you see these people really go back and experience aspects of their birth that they consciously don't know of. So one of the main things that you do before you start this process is to ask your mothers about your mother, about um, her birth, her birth story and how that may have impacted you. And almost 90% of all students can barely get their mum to give the information from that era because they've either repressed it, suppressed it, they don't want to talk about it. Maybe they don't even acknowledge aspects of trauma. Like, um, you know, it's hard to say to a woman like um, that having drugs or anything would impact like, you know, a baby in utero and, and be an imprint. So a lot of people found that really hard to get information about. But the interesting part about it is that this was that fell into the scene around that time and because it didn't have any scientific backing, it was just really people ex having, it, having an experience with no scientific proof of what they were experiencing whereas over time science has well, it's started a pretty to... it's a pretty hard thing to measure I think yeah like, oh of yeah. course and it's, it's hard level. to uh there was someone in my rebirthing training who had a really um obvious somatic experience of when the cord was wrapped around her neck as a baby coming out mm. of the womb mm. and whilst you can see that that is happening in the session and experience it in the moment, how do you measure that? You know, like it mm. was her history. She actually did have the cord wrapped around her neck, but you know, mm. you really got to see it to believe it. It's interesting because um, for me, I think like, you know, if, if this is the first time you're coming to um, connect to this at the reconnected, you one of the things that has been interesting for me as a breath worker has been um, that I also work in, in a mainstream context as a counsellor for many years. And for a lot of time, breath work and counselling just were two very separate 
things yeah you know like my um world's counseling work was evidence-based um space and breath work was the space where um you know I was able just I was able to explore the my internal psychology through the breath and have a huge range of experiences including transpersonal you know spiritual experiences um and you know coming to breath work kind of more in the mid 2000s so rebirthing breath work had an explosion around the 60s and 70s and even early 80s especially in australia it was really big in a few different communities in the 80s and then it really went kind of completely underground for that the rest of the 80s and then the 90s and really has only even the 2010 the first 10 yeah, years of the 2000s of it, yeah it's really only started to become more um uh un, more widespread in the past you know eight to five to eight years I would say five even like I yeah. remember when I started my training when Atlas was just one, so that was eight years ago, I said to some of my family members, I am studying to become a breath worker. And everyone laughed because they were mm-hmm. like, you're teaching people how to breathe. Yeah, You know, like they just thought yeah. I was bonkers. Whereas now breath work is really every common. second work. Yeah. yeah. But there's a, um, it's a it's like a new wave of breath work um it's quite distinct from the rebirthing breath work in the 70s and the 80s and nowadays the word breath work is used to describe pranayama um you know Wim Hof. mindfulness Wim Hof yeah. breathing mindfulness style holotropic breathing. holotropic yeah. breathing has always been around was around in the 70s and 80s as well with Stanislav Grof the the two founders of the two different kind of streams are like Leonard Orr on one and then holotropic Stanislav Grof on the other. Yeah. But those those two styles of breathwork are still um, highly influence a lot of the styles of breathwork that are around, but this focus on rebirthing still um, has a little bit of a backseat. And I think Stanislav Grof had this um, focus more on transpersonal experiences. And he has a whole concept around the birth matrix and recognized that the influence that birth had on our psychology, he was a psychiatrist and he did a lot of research, actually. He came up with the birth matrix and described um, birth from that lens, which is really fascinating. But Again, it was just really, you know, he was doing that alongside of LSD research. And even you see these days, another resurgence in the psychedelic research that's happening. So, you know, there's a resurgence in a lot of things. Um, But for me back, um, it was probably about 10 years ago where, you know, I was working in a mainstream environment. And I remember the day I was, um, I was in my play therapy training at the time and she, my supervisor and I were taking the, a case history of one of the children who was, who had come to see me in therapy. And she said to me, well, you know, we really need to go right back to the beginning of, um, of this child's life to find out what's really going on for them. Um, So let's start at their conception and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, stop. <laughs> like, what is this is 
epic, you know. I had not, in a mainstream context, found anyone who, who would had like held that same perspective. Um, and she was, she had trained with Bruce Perry, who um, developed the neurosequential model of therapeutics, it's called. And he, um, you know, really pioneered and he's pioneering a lot of the a lot of research and and literature on um, early childhood trauma. And he talks about and recognizes um, the way that you know there are parts of our brain that develop in utero, and if those parts of our brain um, experience stress or anything that's that's non-optimal, then there are other parts of our brain, the higher order parts of our brain, like cognition, et cetera, that are never able to develop to their optim optimal state because we actually, in order to heal, need to go back to this, to the original part of the, to where the brain developed. So the brain develops in the brain stem to begin with, and then the cerebellum and then the limbic system and then the cortex. Yeah. The cortex is where we we think and we have abstract thought, et cetera. But the brainstem is where we have all of our survival. Primal um, instincts. Primal instincts, yeah. exactly, like heart rate, blood pressure, sleep, yeah. et cetera. And those parts of the nervous system like that, um, our um, autonomic nervous system, uh, which is accessed by the breath. Yes. So it's, you know, uh, you know, it was a really exciting time for me just seeing that science was, um, I guess, catching up or just beginning to express what people had been experimenting and playing with in the rebirthing breathwork world um, and really exciting to be able to acknowledge that the impact of that time in our lives. And so, you know, as a breath worker, I didn't really need any convincing because I had seen and experienced my own um, experience through my own process, just the incredible sensitivity and impressionability of a newborn um, and a, a baby before they're born. But then working as a breath worker, seeing people go through the process of um, regressing to birth. And what tends to happen when we're born is that we immediately, beyond the conscious mind, receive impressions about what the world is like. Is like, yes. And we make decisions about ourselves in relationship to the world that become the foundation of our, our relating to everything around us. And the, the kind of key decisions that people tend to make is life is hard. I have no power. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy and yeah. I'm not safe. And there tends to be those. Core imprints. Core like imprints, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they happen in the most benign experience, you know, even with um, even for people born in environments where the adults are sensitive to, are being sensitive to them. It can be something very simple like um, one of my 
birth patterns, and it's one that I've seen with for quite a few people actually, is when I was born, my mum was in a hospital and the everyone was doing what the obstetrician said. Yes. And so as soon as I was born, I received the impression and the understanding that um to be male to be male is to have be in the power I don't have power my mom doesn't have power the male has the power yes and that was that's like a split second impression yeah it's not a conscious decision because I would I you know up until the moment that I recognized that imprint um would never have consciously said men have the power yeah (laughs) women don't have the power (laughs) but I wasn't living in I wasn't I was living in a lot of ways without um without really stepping into my full power and so there's so many subtle small ways that we can it reminds me of one of my um core realizations in my rebirthing experience was um I've had a pattern like my whole life where I've always had an older woman in my life who has been someone who I've turned to and hung out with and spent time with. And I had, and it's not been the same woman my whole life. It's just been that archetype that has been around my life, the safe older woman who I spend time with. And um, uh, in one of my sessions, I had this really um, epic somatic experience of when I was born and there was a nurse in the hospital with my mum and because my mum had chosen not to breastfeed me and they gave my mum the medication to suppress the breast milk, I had this memory of this older woman who was a nurse who was holding me and cradling me and cuddling me in those really first moments of my life over the first couple of days. And I witnessed that that is actually a pattern that I have taken on over my life is to find Mm. a older woman who I spend my time with, who I am fascinating sensitive with yeah it's really really fascinating Mm. um also I have the classic first like normal birth story my birth was apparently normal but in my rebirthing sessions I realized there were some some parts of my birth that I that imprinted you know in relation to having the cord cut really violently from me um, feeling like source was taken from me. My connection to spirit was abruptly ended because I was, I had this feeling that when I came out, I was still in this dreamy landscape. And then all of a sudden the cord was violently cut. And I had this experience where I was so angry as a newborn, like I was just so shocked and angry. You know, um, one of the most interesting birth patterns that I've seen, this is really consistent is people like, people might not necessarily recognize how important their placenta was to them. Yes. But there's this, in lots of people, there's a feeling of um, something's missing, but they can't quite put their finger on it in their life. And that there's a feeling of, um, of grief, but it's inexplicable. And it feels like there's, yeah, just something missing. Um, And that's often a, track can be tracked back to um having the placenta having the placenta taken away before it naturally was um before it naturally fell away 
Yeah. Well, that's why. So rebirthing really went, um, you know, there's the belief around the lotus birth through rebirthing. That is. Right. Yeah. Um, And, yeah. You know what I want to share about actually is like, you know, I know that this can sound like pretty radical and it's like, oh, you know, so there's a a few people who've had these experiences. And if you haven't had that kind of experience, then it can be really hard to relate to, um, you know, or it can feel a little bit like it can be poo-pooed. But there's a, you know, what's really amazing about what they're tracking with science is this recognition that, um, you know, our, the nervous system, our nervous system, our survival um, brain and our flight, fight, fawn, freeze responses. So, you know, we are, when we're in utero, we are within this um, hormonal cocktail, if you like, of, of our mother's brain chemistry. So where she feels her brain chemistry and her heart rate and, you know, if we have a mum who is feels relaxed, safe, supported, then the rhythm of her heart rate is rhythmical. Yeah, her breath is extended. She's rested, relaxed, digesting. Exactly, exactly. And she has... Um, you know, this perfect mix of oxytocin, you know, ideally we're surrounded by a lot of joy and welcoming. And the opposite is true also is, um, you know, a mum who is stressed or unsupported um, will have a slightly um, irrhythmical heart rate, maybe a little bit fast. Um, If you think about how you feel when you're stressed, um, you know, there's tension, there's racing thoughts, this um, feeling of um, maybe being hypervigilant, et cetera. And that when our the deepest parts of our brain chemistry, um, uh, what's the word am I trying to find? You know, when something um, synchronizes, when we synchronize yeah. to that rhythm, um, you know, our our entire you know it's hard to relate to from a conscious part of our brain but our our physiology our how we feel on a somatic emotional level can can be synchronized still to our mother's level of stress and you know um when you were talking before it reminded me of a session I did once with someone who had experienced um ADHD in their life ADD had a diagnosis of ADD was really chaotic in their life and found it really hard to concentrate and they're at a point in their life where they were um attempting to do a lot of um higher (laughs) had to do a lot of things with a lot of organization had a job studying etc and was really struggling with how chaotic they felt internally with all of this stuff that they had to handle and in a breathwork session so you wouldn't necessarily think well there's your birth pattern right there you know but what happened was um in the session what what it revealed was that even in utero when she tracked those somatic emotional feeling that she had in today's uh, today's life as an adult, when she tracked them back, she was taken to 
the experience of being in her mother's womb and and feeling the tension even at that point and we have this um we have this uh kind of series of questioning in the style of breathwork I was trained in where that you know we ask someone at that point did you make did you make a decision about life at that time because we might we're not consciously making decisions in those moments but once yeah. when we go into a regressed space we can see the unconscious slash subconscious mind yes. and the impression that it received and generally the decisions that we make at the time are incredibly valid like the environment was stressful and actually yes. um her mom has a personality disorder and so you uh, know yeah. actually has a you know, was incredibly stressed, grew up, her own mum had a lot of her own childhood trauma and was extremely stressed and in violent relationship while she was um, pregnant with her. So the amount of stress that this being was born into was massive. Yeah. And the decision that she made was life is stressful, like life is hard, but on a somatic emotional feeling sense, it kind of played out in this, um, tightly wound up tense feeling in her body and this feeling that she constantly had to scan for threat and was unable to slow down and stop and organize her her mind yes and you know the decisions that we make at those moments are incredibly valid but the amazing thing is is that when we can come to them from an adult's perspective we can most more often than not when we can when we can see the source of that impression the source of that decision more often than not we can actually change our mind yes and this is the and change our reaction and, and our way that we see the world and the lens through which we view yeah and what's happening in those moments this is a hypothesis i can't wait for science to track this bit <laughs> is that the stress releases from our nervous system yes and so what rebirthing breathwork has has been seeing in people for decades and decades now is that when we change those core decisions that we've made about life, because after we ask, did you make a decision at that time? Then we will ask, does it need to be true anymore? And very often it does not need to be true anymore. Yeah. Once no we longer can, relates to life. Once we can feel the effect that that decision has made on us and release the upset, because there usually is a lot of emotion around these things. It's really distressing to see the impact of, of that life has had on us as these, you know, beautiful sensate beings. Yes. Innocent, pure, but, you know, have, you know, in a stressful environment with no no choice but to make these decisions about life yeah. um then we're able to uh choose the or be con- consciously rewire our to a new relationship with life which for this particular person was um life is easy yeah life can be fun and of course um I think like, you know, we've we've talked about birth trauma a little bit over the years at the reconnected. And um, 
you know, it's not an easy topic because it really can be triggering <laughs> because it's rife. You know, the world is experiencing mass amounts of birth trauma. Um, we're way more conscious of it now, which is even more painful because we are aware of birth trauma. We're thinking about it. It's um, funny. I was doing some writing last night. What was that? What are we writing for at the moment? Oh, the nervous system re- research is coming up. Yeah. You know, and I was thinking about how I think one of the most challenging things for parents at the moment is we're more self-aware than ever, but it's all intellectual self-awareness and we still don't have the tools like breathwork that help us to actually rewire these things. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to say is because this is a triggering topic and it can feel like, oh, my goodness, if breathwork takes me back to my birth, I don't want anything to do with it. (laughs) Or, um, well, how do I, my children have had um, trauma. Birth trauma. How do I get them to breathe? How do I help them? Yeah. Yeah, So in my training and Leonard's uh, perspective, the intention was around experiencing your birth, which for me was amazing. I had a great experience where I was able to go back and track my birth trauma and have some really profound integration, which had me flying at the end. Not the same for everyone, you know. Uh, Digging on trauma can really have people stuck and be uh, fixated on all the things that went wrong for them leading up to this point in their life. And so, therefore, their birth trauma is so significant that they get kind of stuck in this, that's all it's going to be. Whereas I'm so fascinated around your teacher, Alec, how she found that really it comes boils down to intention when we're using the breath. And so when we intend in a forward-facing future way, mm. we're able to use the breath to access that stored stress, but we're not digging and we're not searching. It just may be that in regards to our intention, uh, we may have, you know, a spontaneous awareness around our birth imprint. It's my, it's like where Alec comes into the um, history of breath work is she, in the 60s and 70s she was in India in a monastery. So she was meditating and was trained um, uh, and lived as a monastic lifestyle, which was meditation and awareness focused. Yes. And then when she came back to Australia, um, uh, rebirthing and holotropic breathwork were big over here and she was teaching at a... Um, she was teaching yoga at a rebirthing retreat um, and she just joined in on it. But what she found was over the next kind of four or five years, she developed a style which she calls rebirthing breathwork mastery or just breathwork mastery, depending. Um, And what she discovered was, you know, a a lot of the Lenador style and Stanislav Grof style is... um, there's a lot of force on the breath and a lot the of pressure that, yeah, there's a lot of the breath style is very dynamic and it's a bit closer to that kind of Wim Hof, you know, there's lots of, there's mouth breathing. There's lots of. You have a of, cathartic experience. You're like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what she found was, um, and probably as a blend with her um, yogic influence was um, when you use a breath that is subtle and easy and relaxed um you make way for a whole range of 
um, subtle experiences. And I think the best way to describe this breathwork style that we've used at the Reconnected is uh, we honour the subtle and subtle shifts in life are honoured. But what's fascinating is Alec was so far ahead of her time in, in as much as um, this style of breathwork activates the parasympathetic branch of the nervous system, which signifies to our body, you are safe enough to feel you are safe. And so the material, the stress that is released, Stored, there's yeah. any catharsis, it is, it, it just happens to the degree that the person is safe enough to integrate it. So it doesn't have those experiences that the dynamic style of breath work have, which um, I think, you know, that really powerful, but not necessarily integrated and grounded. And, yes. you know, even today there's a lot of people doing huge group breath work style, breath work sessions with, um, you know, 30, 40, 50 people with a dynamic style of breath work, minimal, minimal debrief, minimal. Yeah. This. And, you know, I get messages most days from people who've had challenging to negative experiences. Yeah. It's one of our biggest uh, kind of when pe- when we say that we teach breath work at the reconnected, people will bring up, oh, I tried breathwork once. It was really that's intense. It's not good for me. It didn't not good work for me. me. It's very stressful. Yeah. yeah. And that's totally understandable because as parents, when we are wanting to do our self-healing work, we kind of don't have time to go down those rabbit holes of real deep catharsis and having, um, you know, non-integrative experiences on a regular basis. And that's mm-hmm. where the work that we do here and is very different. Yeah, very, very different. It's fascinating and beautiful just how ahead of her time Alec was, you know, um, and I think part of my role in the RBM or Breathwork Mastery Lineage is um, helping that to marry with the current science because, you know, it also has this naturally trauma-informed um, perspective within it because yeah. of the activation of safety and also self-safety so it's not safety as um determined by the facilitator it's personal internalized sense of safety is what yeah. what happens first in this style of breath work and then once we're safe enough then our body will naturally unwind and yeah. so there's no force there's no pressure there's no there's not even a whilst we recognize the impact of birth, there's not even a focus on you have to remember your birth to, to in order clear. to feel integrated. Absolutely. We really yeah. recognize that there's a, there's actually a, um, there's actually a, you know, the influence of our birth pattern on our nervous system is always unwinding whether we're conscious of it or not. Yeah. And Alec has a theory. Because we're playing it out, right? Like we're playing out our birth pattern and mm. bumping it up against the edges of life through relationships mm. and life experience. Yeah. And that's how it's unwinding. And it's this, you know, it's just this incredible, um, you know, collective journey also. Like you were saying that there's like in the 50s, um collectively there was a lot less awareness and there was a lot more um, trauma, especially yes. around birth. And, you know, it really was mega fringe to have a gentle birth. You know, there was like the, um, well, I can't remember her name. Who's the 
who's the spiritual midwifery book? Ina May Gaskin. Ina May There's Gaskin, tiny yeah. little pockets of people or, or La Boya or tiny little pockets of yeah. people who were advocating for gentle birth and recognising the importance of birth. But so, you know, collectively there was a lot of birth trauma. And Alec reckons that, you know, in the early, in the late 80s, early 90s, um, in the, even in this gentle style of breathwork, people were having a lot of birth memories. And then it was like the more um, she remembers this key moment or she talks about this moment when concepts like mind-body connection went global when there was, I think it was in the early 2000s, the mind, what's that magazine? Time magazine released a um, thing about mind-body connection. Thing about mind-body connection. Yeah, and, you know, up until that point, you had to you had to find an alternative bookshop, you know, at some little place, or be given something, or bump into someone, and that's yeah. how these concepts were passed on. But there was this key moment that, in her experience, where everything just went global, and then it kind of heralded this period of time where people weren't as much needing to go to their birth pattern in order to have the life that they want to have. Yeah. To thrive thrive and to be, um, to be reprogramming their, their subconscious to reflect for life, to reflect the way the, the beliefs that they wanted to have, like life's easy, life's joyful. So the, the process just got easier and easier. And now here's a really fascinating thing is in the last year, so I started training with, I started doing breathwork in 2004 and then I formally started training in 2009 with Alec. And so I kind of missed in that style of breathwork the the time where there was a lot of rebirths. Um, I've always been all throughout my training and throughout my personal experience, the sessions were always naturally a lot more subtle and it was a lot about more the subtle shifts. But in the last year to six months to a year, I have seen more rebirths than I have in my entire career. And I was talking with Alec about this recently because people people are just effortlessly going back to birth and just with absolute ease going back to birth. And I supervise a lot of students so that these, they're, they're not even in a big um, group environment where it's highly emotive or, and everyone's exactly holding themselves in a lot of ways. And um, so I've been talking with Alec a lot about how, you know, how that mirrors the collective challenge that we're going through at yeah. the moment. And I'm, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps talking about it, that there's this real sense of, um, yes, there are a lot of people doing this work, but the I think we're more than ever before we're working collectively. I you think know, so too. We're putting I- their hands up. Well, I really feel like even if I had spoken about a free birth pre-COVID, the reception of it would have been different compared to now. I feel like people are really opening more and more and more Mm. to the awareness of reclamation around birth and people are seeing women 
reclaim and there's a lot of conversation around birth, even gender reveal. And, you know, like people are just starting to really question everything and, mm. and speak up and get doulas mm. and free birth doulas are like out there. And, you know, Do there's. I can even breath work exploded oh, during COVID. Breath work is just, exploded yeah, during exploded. COVID. Totally. The last um, three years, it's like, if you're not, if you're not doing breath work, you know, yeah. I was on the plane the other day and this guy in a suit a few aisles down was like fully in his deep breathing space, like the whole night. And I was just like, yeah, it's just the norm. Yeah, it's just the norm now. I know it's so cool. Unbelievable. So one of the things about birth patterns is that um it just is quite triggering for people because there's an absolutist feeling of like, well, my child had the most traumatic birth. And I've, that's it. Like I've stuffed my child up. There's no hope. Um, you know, I can't do anything. And that is absolutely not true. And it's actually a really powerful awareness to have around birth patterns because you, it puts you in a space where you're able to recognize what's coming up for your child and you're able to put in place um, strategies and awareness around it. So one of the birth patterns that can be quite common with a C-section baby is that in life they can feel like they need help or it can become like pressurized. Mm. And you've got a bit of an awareness around that, don't you, with your own birth story? Yeah, well, my eldest daughter's been born by a cesarean. And, um, well, I mean, <laughs> I was just like, oh, where do I even start um, because it's such a big topic. It, it also just catalyzed, it was a complete reflection of me and where I was at and catalyzed, um, you know, an epic process for me. I wouldn't be here today without the diff- challenge of this birth. So I don't know, for, for me in a lot of ways, um, well, the one thing that Breathwork has taught me is to is to trust challenge. Yeah, trust challenge trust and trust challenge. the process of life, yeah. Yeah, um, but also 100% um, her birth pattern, you know, it. we still see it playing out, but the incredible thing when you have awareness is that you are, um, you, so, you know, the typical thing with a, um, cesarean baby is that they weren't able to do it themselves and so you know there's often a point and it's interesting because it's the point when where my daughter and I get struggle with each other as well because that it's where we we experience the the first disconnect in our relationship and so it's where she feels like she can't do it and I feel like I can't help her with it and yes. so it's a pattern that plays out for us. Um, and, you know, it's my sense is that over time, just using your own breathwork practice and having self-awareness for me has com- completely re- reduced the charge around that. But then also just knowing. Yeah, just it's just knowing, knowing it's like, and having that awareness. Yeah. As soon as. This is feeling like that, and I start feeling like that. I'm like, oh, we're like, we're in our birth right now. Like, yeah. like this is what's happened. And the ama- the beautiful thing is, as we go through life with that awareness, and we're able to um, more and more every time it comes up, um, stay more and more connected during that stress. The more 
the it passion is. unwinds for us. Yeah. yeah. And do you know what? It's so, it's, we, we become so, so close, closer than even if the, the pattern itself wasn't there in the first place. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally. Like, I think there is no such thing as a perfect birth, you know? Absolutely We're, not. Yeah. So that's what I, I should have given a bit of more context to the story around me just getting the placenta because my birth was normal, two hours, easy apparently, my mom says. Um, and the having the placenta ripped kind of cut violently from me in that moment, I was in that really bliss state, really connected to spirit and to source and feeling very cosmic. I'd just come out of the womb. But as I'd come out of the womb, I came into a really harsh environment, lots of lights, people around me, and the placenta was cut. And it was like that that uh, spiritual aspect of me was thrown in the bin, mm-hmm. like it was like gone. And mm-hmm. so one of my patterns throughout my life was trying to find that again. And I kind of always just had this drive to like try psychedelics, try drugs, drink alcohol. I just always had this pattern of like, you know, wanting to experience that again. Mm. And it came into my um, breathwork session that it wasn't addiction and substance that I was actually seeking. It was a connection to source and spirit and spirituality, Mm. which I find with my spiritual practices. That's when I, you know, can keep away from that addictive seeking connection feeling. Um, So, yeah, it's just so fascinating what we can experience to track back when we look over our life and see, wow, that was actually like a pattern that came in in that Mm. period of time. And, you know, people often just like to leave you guys with an activity, Um, you know, often people kind of have a curiosity like um, how do I how do I know what my subconscious beliefs are? How do I know what my birth pattern is? And all you need to do to discover that is to look at your life as it exists right now. Yes. Just look at your life right now is the reflection of your subconscious beliefs about what's true, possible, realistic about the world. And so just take one look at your life, the quality of your relationships, how much you enjoy your day-to-day existence, um, you know, uh, your, how satisfied you are creatively, whether your work. Can you follow through on tasks? Do you need someone to help you? Yeah. Just looking at your life is, um, is is all you need to to get a sense of that and you can ask yourself what kind of beliefs would be running this show and often people will drop straight into well my relationships my relationship shows me clearly that I don't feel worthy of love and my my yeah. creative my creative my relationship with my work shows me I I clearly feel like it needs life needs to be pretty hard. Yes. You know, um, so you could do some journaling and just have a little exploration there. Yes. Mm. Okay. (sighs) Great. Well, we don't follow in birth patterns in reconnected parenting, but we do use the breath and play therapy and 
Play is the language that children use to be able to integrate stress and pressure that has happened in their life. And breathwork is what adults use to be able to do the same thing and access that signature of the breath that has stored stress, pressure, trauma, and, you know, lack of integration. Mm. So that is really what you know, how we heal our birth partner. It doesn't need to be focused on as I'm going to specifically go back. No. And you know what I love, you know, a lot of um, just to kind of revisit what some of Bruce Perry talks about. Yeah. He talks about how to, the in order to rewire those deepest parts of our brain, that those foundational parts of our brain, we need to do things that are, rhythmic yeah and we need to do things that put us in contact with our body our physical body um and very often you know this is why the um breath work works it actually you know we use that beautiful rhythmic breath and also play you know play allows children to harmonize in the presence of an adult who is relaxed and present. Yes. Um, and it it smooths out those um, uh, any stress synchronies and allows us to get into a more harmonious connection and rhythm and flow with each other. There's so many um, beautiful stories um, of children in reconnected parenting. So we don't focus, we don't have a heavy focus on birth patterns, but uh this is because we recognize that our all the sources of our conditioning and um uh impressions are releasing when we engage in a practice like breathwork or when we offer our children the play therapy space um and there's some beautiful stories of of children who play out scenarios of that they in logically shouldn't have been privy to like in the birth room um prior to their birth that have um significance for the adults more compared to the children it's amazing yeah it's really really amazing so i hope that's just been a fun listen and an interesting topic uh, it's just something that is so intriguing to go down the rabbit hole of birth patterns and, and it's so cool seeing the science really starting is. to acknowledge those wild times in the 60s and 70s where they were so experiencing it somatically. And feels really good to me to just kind of give a bit of historical context to the breathwork resurgence. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Bring And kind of just acknowledge the role of uh, rebirthing specifically in in amongst all of that yeah mm. so thanks everyone we will see you again for our next topic which we haven't quite yet decided what we're yeah gonna so make sure you write in and and contact us at info at the reconnected.com and let us know of any topics that you want us to talk about yeah. and uh have a really amazing holiday everyone and we will be dropping another podcast soon bye for now Bye.